Welcome, friends, and thank you for joining us. Glad to have you here with us. Hello, Lou. How are we doing today? Good, good. <laughs> Proceeding along this, we're at chapter 13, just a few more chapters. I can't believe we're going to be at the end of the Gita pretty soon. I know, right? Well, we still have a long ways to go. <laughs> we have a long ways to go, yeah. So today we're going to be doing chapter 13, verses 16 and 17 in this episode. So in verse 13, it says, the verse 13 says, without and within beings, all beings, living beings, without and within beings, the unmoving and also the moving, that is incomprehensible due to subtlety. And that is both far and near. Mm -hmm. So he, this is a, it's a way of saying things that basically means when he refers to that, he means the Atman, Brahman, the um, self that we look towards. So that, he's saying, is incomprehensible because it is so subtle. But it is both far and near. It is unmoving and yet moving. It is without all living beings and within all living beings. So it's a very simple explanation if you look at it carefully. So first thing that he says is that. And notice that Krishna here is referring to Brahman, or as we call it, God. And he's not saying he is far and near. He's not saying he is incomprehensible. You can't comprehend God. He's not saying he's without all beings and within all beings or anything like that. He's saying that. Keep that very clearly in mind. He's saying that. He's referring that the to... First time, is that the first time we've heard it referred to that way? Uh, I As can't be 100% yeah. sure, but I have. I don't remember having heard it. I know. heard Brahman being referred to as that before Interesting, this. Interesting, yeah. So that is being referred to as a field of consciousness here. And we'll see that in the next few verses. So the beings, he's referring to all living beings, not just human beings. Cows, elephants, horses, dogs, animals, birds, insects, all beings. He says Brahman is within those beings. But he's saying that in addition to being within those beings, Brahman is also outside those beings. We know that. He's saying that Brahman is doesn't move, is unmoving, yet it's moving everywhere. Brahman is far as well as near. What, that, what does that mean? So movement, when does it happen? When do you move? Movement means that when something goes from the place where it is to the place where it is not. So that has to be a movement. If Brahman is omnipresent, meaning we say there is not even one scintilla of space where Brahman is not existent, Brahman is everywhere, how can it move? So for a thing to move, it has to go from one place where it is to another place where it is not. But if it is everywhere, it cannot move. So for us to say, well, Atman leaves the body and goes outside, doesn't make sense under these circumstances, right? Because Atman within you and without you, outside of you, 
is the same. So it can't leave your body and go outside. People say the soul left the body. No, it doesn't leave the body. The body just drops. The soul is stationary because it is everywhere. It doesn't move. This one says unmoving yet moving. So what does he mean in this case? So unmoving we understand since it's everywhere. When he says unmoving yet moving, he is saying that electricity, for example, doesn't move. But because of the electricity, the fan moves, the electric car moves. Uh, so he's saying that it appears as if Brahman moves because everything in this world moves, but it is moving as a result of Brahman. So you say, oh, look, God is moving. Consciousness is making this move. Yes, but consciousness is not moving except that the beings that it enlivens moves. I hope that's clear. Am I making yep. that clear, Luke? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then it says, far yet near, without yet within. So let's look at a good example that Gautam Jain gave us. He says, when you're in any part of the country, you say, where is your government located? And you say, the government is located in the capital of this country. Right. So you say, oh, OK, so that means you go to that capital and you say, here's the government. But does that mean that the government isn't present in the rest of the country? Doesn't mean that. So you may say that the government is located in that capital, but it's also present everywhere else. Right. Just like you say, look, I can't be speeding anywhere because the police are everywhere. So where's the local police station? It's right here in this town. But on this highway, even though the police station is not there, the police is everywhere, right? So similarly, Brahman may not be located in one place, but Brahman is everywhere. Brahman doesn't move, yet it moves. Right. Brahman is far, yet it's near. So the human intellect cannot conceive Brahman. We can't, we've gone over this many times. The body can't, has it with its five sense organs cannot taste Brahman, cannot smell Brahman, cannot hear Brahman, cannot see Brahman, and cannot touch Brahman. Those people who say, I saw God, I heard God, God presented to me, he spoke to me. Basically, what these scriptures are saying is that's not possible because God does not reveal himself to you in that way because God cannot be perceived by the senses. That emotions cannot feel God because it's not something that you can feel with your emotions. And you cannot conceive with your intellect, think of God. It is incomprehensible. So the Atman is unmoving. And the other example that Gautamji gave was that when you're looking through a telescope, imagine that your eye is looking at the telescope from the end that it's supposed to. And through the other side, you can see from what's far away, which is, let's say, a house or a tree. A mile away and you're able to see it with your eye right but the eye is considered to be the atman so the eye cannot see itself the eye can see through the telescope it can see outside it can see the house it can see the tree it can see the telescope itself but it cannot see itself mm -hmm. similarly the atman uses the body mind intellect which is the telescope through the body-mind intellect, it perceives things, it sees things, it tastes things, it is able to have emotions, it is able to see outside, but the Atman is not able to see itself through that. So I hope that 
the, uh, that yeah. verse 16 is fairly clear. It's a simple enough uh, uh, verse. Verse 17 says, undivided and yet existing as if divided in beings. And that which is known to be the sustainer of beings, destroyer as well as creator. So let's break it apart the same way. The undivided, so if Brahman is everywhere, it is undivided. It's not here, there, etc. It's undivided. It's everywhere. Yet it exists as if divided in beings. So right now we look at ourselves as one entity. We look at the another human being as a different entity. What he's saying is, you've made that division. Brahman has not made that division. Brahman is the same between the two of you and within the two of you. So it's undivided in that it is everywhere, yet divided because it's in different beings in different places. And that which is known to be the sustainer of beings, means he maintains those beings, is also the destroyer and the creator. So Brahman is homogeneous everywhere. It's undivided. But because Brahman exists as if divided, because you are seeing all bodies as separate, well, right. because we identify with our body, our mind, our intellect, and we see others as body, mind, intellects, you see them as different. But the supreme reality is one, with a capital O. Brahman nourishes all beings. Because of Brahman, we are alive. Because of Brahman, we're sustained, our life. We don't, when I say nourishes, doesn't mean with food, but with existence. We are existence because of of Brahman. We are conscious because of Brahman. We think because of Brahman. We move because of Brahman. So Brahman nourishes and sustains all beings. The analogy is that of a person who goes to sleep. When he goes to sleep, the dreamer that he becomes, because he's dreaming now, he was the waker, he's dreaming, the dreamer nourishes and sustains the dream. The underlying being the underlying waking person who has become the dreamer sustains the dream. He nourishes and sustains the dream. The dreamer actually also creates the dream. The dreamer, the waker, when he becomes the dreamer, he creates the dreams. When he wakes up, he destroys the dream, right? right. So yep. we ourselves, <clears throat> in this instance, the waking self is the Atman, and the state of waking is the state of self-realization. The dreaming state is what we are all in now. What we see around us is like a dream. It is unreal because we're not seeing it as Brahman. We're seeing it as separate human beings, separate trees, etc. So in this verse, he says, undivided yet divided. So imagine a sun. No, you don't have to imagine. You can just think of the sun up there and you have multiple uh, shining objects on the ground in front of it, like lots and lots of solar panels. But you could imagine that their solar panels are of different colors, blue solar panel, red solar panel, green, and just colorless. Each one reflects the sun. And if you were to be able to look at that solar panel with some kind of goggles, you would see the sun in it. And you would say, oh my God, look at this field of 100 acres. There's thousands and thousands of solar panels. Look, each one of them has a sun right. in it. Now that sun is reflected, so it appears divided. And it maybe appears even different because colored glass. So we each look different. 
one person may be American, one person may be Indian, one person may be dark, one person may be light, one person may be blonde-haired, one black-haired, but they're all looking different, but they're all the same Brahman. So that's the undivided versus divided. Now, the sustainer, the destroyers of beings, as in a dream when you wake up, as opposed to the changeless Brahman in a changing world. So what does changing world mean? If you have wake up in the morning and you look and you say, this is morning. By the time 12 o'clock comes, morning dies and noon has begun. Afternoon has begun. Right. Afternoon dies, evening has begun. Evening dies, nighttime has begun. But in the process of this birth and death has happened change. The sun rose, it became hot, it descended, sunset, nighttime. In the process of that birth and death and that change, the whole day has been maintained. So Hindu mythology gives each one a name of a god. So Brahma, not Brahman, Brahma, the god, is considered the creator. Vishnu is the maintainer or sustainer, and Shiva is the destroyer. Mm. So Gautamji said, electricity enables the bulb to give light, but electricity itself has no light, right? right. Atman is unattached, yet supporting all. Electricity is, gives light not just with one bulb, but all gadgets, fans, uh, refrigerators, air conditioners. That's what everything. So Brahman is the same with us. It gives us life, not just to one life, but all beings and sustains everything and maintains everything. And when time is right, then it destroys it. And it's necessary for that birth and death, for that change to occur and in order to maintain everything. So that's verse 17. Um, my friends, short one today, right? Lou, what about 15 minutes? About 15 minutes, yep. Great. Okay. Thank you, friends. We will go on to the next one in our next episode. I hope to see you there.